It's your guys' show, so mm-hmm. I am. I just lead me. I will yeah. follow. Yeah, yeah, Lisa. Well, you know, it's our city. <laughs> Welcome back to a special crossover event. Uh, it is the Flash Flash cast. We are covering the Arrow Flash crossover, and I'm thrilled to announce that we are enacting our own crossover podcast is as a tribute. With me, as always, is Phil Mozilak, but I am pleased to welcome to the show from the Speedy Arrow cast, Dan Morin. Hi, it's it's great to be here. I took the train all the way from Star City. It's it's very fast. They have a fast train. Oh wait, nope. I think they blew that up at some point. Never mind. I took a slow bus. You, you didn't you didn't get picked up and and you threw up like they no. I did that. You know jet. what? Not that did not happen to me. Thankfully, no. thankfully, no. Or or a private jet even since you know a CEO. I'm a podcaster. I'm on I'm on a budget. <laughs> So what we wanted to do this week is talk about the first half of what is arguably a 90-minute superhero movie aired over two nights on the CW. This is I'm referring, of course, to Legends of Today, or was it Legends of the Past? What is the I believe it's Legends of Today followed by Legends of Yesterday. Okay, yes. So this is Legends of Today, and it is meant as a kickoff slash lead-in for um, Vandal Savage. And the Hawk couple, more on them in a bit. And it's also a great way to set the table for some of the stuff as we head into the second third of our arrows of, of our arrow season. Of our flash season. <laughs> Crossovers. Yeah, man. a lot of crossing yeah. of the streams here. A lot of crossing. Yeah, and um I want to talk about some of the um particular pleasures of this crossover. But first we are going to do our flash flash cap for the episode. It'll be a flaro. Is- the flare can recap. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I'm only doing part one. And, uh, and we are going to try to bring this in under 45 seconds. Does somebody want to time me or do you want to rely on me to time myself for this? Oh, I, I trust you in all things, Lisa. All right. Uh, I'll try not to abuse that then. Um, I'll count myself down in five, four, three, two. This episode brought Arrows to a gunfight. And how? We have a collaboration between the Flash family and Team Arrow after the bonkers immortal supervillain Vandal Savage goes stalking Kendra because she's a reincarnated Egyptian priestess he needs to kill. This is news to her and everyone else, except for the new character Hawkman, who is down with reincarnation. And he pushes, he's also down with pushing Kendra off buildings to scare her into popping her wings. But first, he fights Arrow and Flash and loses because teamwork. And frankly, Kendra's doing better with Cisco. In the B-plot, Harry and Caitlin make some go-go serum, which makes Flash's even flashier. But Jay Garrick slugs a lot over how it shouldn't exist right now. And then he has to take it to save Harrison because Harrison gets shot by Patty because she's the worst. So there are secrets, there are fights, there are forward momentum. You, s- right. you said go-go serum yes yeah. um i also said that was 40 seconds when i timed Not it earlier today nice. it was it was 30 i'm Ooh. really <laughs> this is why you, you guys practice. practice and everything this, um, this show is so much more strategically laid out <laughs> than our show. <laughs> no i was i was i was trying hard because we've blown through the last few and i was hoping to get our average performance time down um but she yeah, did well you did very well i'm so yeah, yeah, happy. thumbs up i'm impressed <laughs> i mean i realize this serum is called velocity six and um, go-go syrup is way better i think go-go syrup works much better <laughs> yeah i'm just gonna point out the last time we did a recap on our show it took 35 minutes so you guys <laughs> definitely have us beat and it was <laughs> guys saying up. fight 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 in between uh, yeah that was that was his good yeah that was as short as it gets <laughs> <laughs> to be fair but to be fair arrow has a really rich backstory um but what i want one of the things i wanted to talk about there are, i i was just squealing with delight through a lot of this episode and one of my favorite moments was just how elegantly they introduced everybody with a fight against Arrow's big baddie this season, um, Damien Dark. Oh, that was so good. Got a, yeah. His face. You pronounce the H in everything. And he's played by by professional bad guy Neil McDonough. And um, I've taken to calling him Damien Snark because... <laughs> That's accurate. I'll allow it. He has like the greatest delivery. And um, the reason I, I started off my recap like I did was... Um, we get introduced to the Arrow team in this Flash episode with old, with old Damien getting ready to, to load some contraband somewhere. And then Team Arrow shows up and they're all badass and leather and lurky and jumpy. And Snark says, you brought arrows to a gunfight. And it's like the greatest <laughs> opening line. Like, 
I, not it, like, exactly. Ice water running in his vein. There's <laughs> ice water running in his veins, and it's great. And I love that they uh, they back they basically back up a, a dump truck full of scenery for him to chew every episode, and do. it is fantastic. Yeah. And he smiled just that that whole smile when he's doing uh-huh. the, the the four strain he's doing. I could yeah. do this all day. I just like oh, that guy's great. Yeah, and and so they have so anyway. Damien Snark says, oh, you know, you brought arrows to a gunfight. And then Arrow's like, what guns? Because it turns out he's got this magnetic arrow that takes all the guns away. And there's this really amusing little moment where Felicity is really, no, magnetic arrows don't work, Felicity. Yes, they do, because I'm a genius. And then he's like, Felicity, honey, this is an open channel and I'm fighting. And I, boom, in laughter again. And then right as things look dire for Team Arrow, the Flash comes and rescues everybody. And Damien Dark actually begins giggling because he's like, what just happened here? And it was just this beautiful, flashy, completely organic feeling kickoff to uh, bring bringing the folks into uh, Central City. Well, and it was real Arrow-like because if you, had been, mm-hmm. if you hadn't been following Arrow, you would have uh-huh. been very much lost in that. Yeah. But as an Arrow viewer, if you're on running both, running parallel, it's like, Oh wow, that's really cool how they just overlapped. Yeah, yeah, I, I like how it shows that that they're, they have even the, the felicity crime, conversation. Yeah, they have yeah, the parallel fi- cr- crime fighting talks going. Um, and that said, my but I have to say my very favorite moment of the episode is the one where Malcolm Merlin makes his super dramatic <laughs> entrance with all of the assassins behind him. They don't say anything either. Like they, I'm, no. he must pay them by the word or something like that. Well, what I wonder is, do you suppose he stalks around Nanda Parbat practicing his dramatic flourishing entrances? Because like there has literally never been an episode of Arrow where John Barrowman hasn't made like a when he's on the episode well, he hasn't made like an incredibly dramatic entrance. Like I'm her father. <laughs> With the arrows, and Bar- or- Barry Barry nails it in this yes. episode later. Where it's, oh, does he, does he always come in like this? Yes, exactly. <laughs> Who is this guy? <laughs> yes, yes. There was a lot of that. Um, and well, and that's the best thing about this whole crossover event is mm-hmm. that it really does feel like one world, right? Like yes. there's a lot of other shows when they cross over from one show to another show, you often feel like, oh, these people are paying a visit, you know, like they're sort of, they're slumming it, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas in this, because the creative teams are so tightly linked and because the plots are so tightly linked, mm-hmm. you get the feeling like, yeah, of course, all these people should know each other. Like all these characters should run into each other. It's like having the big comic book universe. And it's just, yeah. it's delightful. Yeah, it's like running into former coworkers, or rather it's running into people <laughs> at different, or it's like running to people at different branch offices. We're like, oh, I remember you. We, were, we, we, we hung out and got drunk at the editorial retreat. And only this case, I remember you. We hung out and beat up a psychic gorilla or, or whatever it is they did together. <laughs> I, I feel like I had to throw in the gorilla grod reference for Tony. Since, uh, he's it's our, important. He's, it's our important. Pri- he's our primary grod partisan. But this was, um, this was such a fun episode in many, many ways. And um, many, many ways, I should say. And I, I hesitate to, to get all yeah, yeah, yeah about any part of it. But we really need to talk about the introduction of Hawkman here. Mm. Oh, you mm. mean block of wood, Hawkman? <laughs> he's like he's he's trying to pull. He's kind of trying to pull a Han Solo. He's not yeah. as good as Harrison Ford, right? But he's trying no. to kind of do that. Devil, I'm a devil may care handsome individual. But see, I didn't get devil may care out of him at all. This is like a dude who cares too much. Was my impression. And yeah, he does. He does push her off a building at one point. He seems very blasé about that. He's like, and I'm, I'm supposed like, to be way in love with you, like you're my soulmate. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's he was like Captain. Like his secret name shouldn't be Hawkman; it should be Captain Mansplain, because that's all he did to Kendra the whole time. Was oh, we have two hundred and six lifetimes together, and we are the reincarnated herbivores, and this is what you do. And this well, is there what was you a do. lot of machismo in ancient Egypt. Ugh, well. mm, mm, true, and eyeliner. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of guy. He, he's got a strong eyeliner game. I'll give him that. But he just and I. The reason it didn't work for me is Kendra's always been kind of a blank slate anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, she, they, they didn't, she hasn't either, she hasn't had a chance to, to sketch out her personality or the actress herself doesn't bring, didn't bring a backstory to the character. Um, but Kendra's most like, oh, I was drawn here and I'm an aimless barista and I just don't know what's going on. And so as a result, when you do get Captain Mansplain who comes in and says, no, you're a reincarnated priestess and be a warrior and have rage and this and that. And she's like, eh, I, I, I thought, well, what are the stakes in this? This is a fairly directionless young woman with no visible hobbies, and he's mm. busy mansplaining at her. Um, and they did well, have the, wonder... the guy MacGuffin, where yeah. she just, oh, I just felt like I needed to come to Central City. Uh, no, and that's 
that's like the first we heard of that. Right. Well, and and I think hmm, I wonder. You know, we're sort of constrained by the mechanics of how this this episode has to work. Right. There has to be yeah. some sort of inspiration. And so I'm kind of curious to see what happens eventually with those characters when when we see them spun off because yeah. there won't be a need for that. And I wonder if that'll give them a little more room to be. Uh, you know, develop sort of some chemistry, but I yeah. agree that it he did come in and was like, "Let me tell you everything that's going on. This is why I always make the plans." You know, like yeah, and, and it, I agree he comes on a little strong, but I think I think some of that is the fault of they needed to get a lot of explication done, and yeah. that seemed like a, com- a compact way to deliver it. But I did enjoy Cisco's line where he's like, "You're zero for two oh six, and you still think you're yeah. a better <laughs> shot than we are." Like Cisco and got Speedy awful. said it too. Like, come on, do you really th- you know, like you're tied up in super chains. Do you think you yeah. won that? <laughs> yeah, no. It's well, Speedy and Cisco had some great lines this episode too, where where you know he's busting her for her for her for her superhero name, and she's like, "Cut your hair, and we'll talk." And he's like, yeah. just jealous of my conditioner game. And I thought, well, this is great. It's nice that they're back and forth. Cut your hair, hippie. Well, I adored her reaction where she's like, we know the Flash. Did I know we knew the Flash? And, okay, and, we know the Flash. Yeah, no, she's... I Speak, I'm gonna, I'm, speaking I'm gonna have to, like I'm going to have to invade the, the Arrow podcast sometime just to gush about how much I enjoy Speedy. Like, you know, murder, death, kill, urges aside and everything. <laughs> like, they've really done a great job with growing that character Absolutely. over several seasons. And I like how here, she doesn't even ask questions. Like, beyond, oh, we know the Flash. Like, she's out there putting arrows through Vandal Savage and fighting and like nothing phases her at this point. Her father popping in out of thin air. Like she's just, oh, God, dad, you're, you're embarrassing me with your assassins <laughs> in front of my, in front of your assassins and everything. God, yeah. no, the silent assassins are just killing me. <laughs> See, and the weird, here's the weird thing. Barry doesn't really get to learn who, mm-hmm. um, uh, Nanda Parbat, um, Malcolm Merlin. Malcolm Merlin. Yeah. He, he doesn't yeah. get, uh, that's a long story. We get to eschew uh, that. But, mm-hmm. like, here, <laughs> I can't believe, like, the whole, like, again, a girl that Barry doesn't know basically mm-hmm. gets blown in because Cisco goes, Barry? And he's like, dude, seriously? You did it again? <laughs> well, that, was, that was very funny. He's like, seriously? Really? And at this point, I'm beginning to feel really, really bad for Patty just because... Every time something happens, her partner, her partner Joe, who's supposed to have her back, is all Patty. Leave the room. Patty, oh, don't ask questions. Horrid. Patty, don't call. Yeah, me. I, I don't. I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like they've. You know, it, it doesn't really make sense to me that they'd be like, oh, this person we've known for ten seconds. Let's introduce them to all of our team, plus all of yeah. our friends from Star City. But no, I can't tell my girl. This is a. Both of these shows are pretty big on. Let me not tell my girlfriend important things. I know. Which, it's, As someone who has a girlfriend, feels like I would be in so much trouble. <laughs> well, when you have time traveling capabilities, that you know you don't have to worry about that so much. Yeah, that's, that's I guess that. Well, except it's still. Oh, that's not. So that's another hopping, show. Sorry, we, we're well, devolving. We, yeah, yeah, we're kind of hopping to the to the arrow thing. And um, although realistically speaking, if you are listening to the the crossover podcast at this point, chances are pretty good you're watching both shows in tandem. Or, are there people or, who don't watch? But well, actually. I take that back because I just watched I just watched this with my girlfriend who does not regularly watch Arrow had watched mm-hmm. a few episodes in the past and so I had to backfill her on some of those like some of the characters there yeah. and I um, did time she hasn't travel seen a long time and yes. I can tell you that the episode after this this is discussed that mm-hmm. Arrow okay. got a big pop on its ratings oh really yes mm. but yeah, that's and, that's my time travel for the, for the day. I think it tends to do fairly like lower than the Flash, anyway. So yeah, yeah. they needed it. I, does that include the, even the time shifted stuff? Because Arrow has always seemed to me not Arrow. Um, the Flash has always seemed to me to be a show that's much more time shifted. Social media. I don't know. I don't know. But, I think I just hear that yeah. the Flash. I think is does the best of all the shows yeah. on the CW. Yeah, uh, it's more palatable. It's, it's fun. Um, they did so many things right in this episode. The stuff where I'm complaining about with Hawk Girl and Hawk Guy. I think is more a fault of the clunky way they have to be introduced and some of the eye rolling stuff. Um, I did like the way that you see how the arrow team deals with both old nemesis Malcolm and mm. new ones like Damien. Um, mm. I enjoyed the callbacks to earlier stuff. Cause Barry mentions at some point, um, I think it's in this episode where he's like, I still feel where you, I still feel where you shot me with arrows when it rains. So let's just, <laughs> Let's just practice some hand-to-hand stuff. Um, and I enjoy that I, I enjoy that uh, t- 
that Team Arrow and, and Team Flash both have a we're family approach, and so when they get together, it's it's very it's very you know. I, I have it's an very collegial. Yeah. I have an important question for you guys. Uh-huh. So do does I mean you know it's nice that Barry has a closet at mm-hmm. Ollie's. Like yeah. I didn't know if they were at that stage in the relationship. Does he travel <laughs> with his own? Does he travel with his own mannequin? How does that work? I can only guess that Oliver made a second suit or like. My my guess is that the, the, the Star Labs people got together with the Aero Labs people and they were like, look, these idiots that are always running into danger are constantly going through stuff. So why don't we just make clothes and keep them everywhere? And Caitlin just went bleep, bleep, bleep and texted the uh, measurements and Cisco said, <laughs> oh, and here's how you do the the fabrication for the fly leather and sent that off. And uh, Well, I, I'm, and it's actually where I'm, the, the Viking Aero suit mm-hmm. usually is. The Viking Adventure Arrow series that comes out later, but they keep it closed <laughs> most uh, of the time. They're keeping it mint in box. That's yeah. right. Um, I'm hoping they won't need it anymore when they figure out how to uh, back backwards engineer the ring. But yeah. I'm looking. For, I'm looking forward to that at some point. So that actually brings us. That's a wonderful segue, Dan, into the I'm no scientist portion of events, and this lets us talk about Harry Wells too. Um, I'm still calling him Harry as opposed to Harrison Wells because while I realize that the dude in Season one is technically Yobart Thawne. I can't stop thinking Miss Harrison Wells. I'm sorry. Well, the Flash um, Army always uh, says Harry anyway, so we're good with that. Yeah. All right. So anyway, we're talking Harry Wells, who we, as we've established from Earth Two, contentious relationship with Jay Garrick, under the impression apparently that he created Jay um, as the Flash. If his dialogue this week is anything to go by, let's remember that a he has motivation to bring down. Um, this uh, our big baddie because our big baddie has his daughter in a cage somewhere and b he's trying to currently solve the problem why can't barry be even faster um so he and caitlin actually have like an interpersonal relations breakthrough this week when he's like i'm a mechanical engineering dude i can't possibly deal with you know meat sacks they're unpredictable and caitlin's like that is my specialty and meat helps sacks. him again meat Makes- sacks are my specialty yeah, and Caitlin's like, oh, I, I deal with human biology all the time. So she helps, yeah, yeah. She, she helps make the go-go syrup. You guys well, are and congratulations to Caitlin for getting, like, I feel like she gets some, some science, good science-y stuff to do this episode instead of just fawning mm-hmm. over Jay. Or, or is, talking like, about Ronnie in a terrible way, which is another... Um, yeah, no, we're, we're past that. I like that she gets to science it up with, yeah. uh, with Harry. That's great stuff. In a really yeah. good scene. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I and, agree. He calls her Snow, and you get the sense that this is basically how he interacts with people. Like, if he calls you by your last name, it's it's kind of a, oh, it's collegial. Um, he knows the lady from Mercury, the, the lady scientist from Mercury Labs. We established that, too. Because um, when Patty comes in with the gun and begins waving things around, he's like, wait, what's her face? Whose name I have conveniently forgotten. Tina McGee. Yeah, but he's like, oh, her. And it's a total name recognition moment for him. Oh, she was on The Flash in 1991. Yeah, I remember her. No. <laughs> So, um, you know, the reason it's, the reason it's an I'm no scientist thing is really we're, we're, we're talking about injecting somebody with something that's going to make them super fast. Um, but it works this week on Jay. And I have so many questions about him now. All right. Wait, hold on. Now I'm no telecommunications specialist. Uh-huh. But what's this guy doing? He, I, he obviously is yeah. living somewhere. And it's like they're <laughs> using the same device that they use to talk to uh, – What's his face? The, our major big baddie. I'm having a total brain fart. Zoom. No. Zoom? No. Our bigger, bigger. Our crossover. What, Vandal. Vandal. Vandal Savage. Yeah. Vandal Savage. Yeah. yeah well, it's the, just two names that both mean like terrible, like barbarian, basically. That's yeah. right. But yeah. like, but not to spoil anything. <laughs> but there really was some communication Vikings, done, okay? and yeah. like, I mean, does he have a job? Is he somewhere where he can be called? Because obviously, Joe knows his number. Yeah. This is. Well, I had. I have questions, and also. You can move back before, between Earth 1 and Earth 2. And is he basically hiding out on Earth 2 because he's scared to go back to Earth 1 since he'll get his butt kicked there? Is that... I, that's kind of what I read, is it? I mean, yeah, I feel I like... Yeah, I mean, what... Oh, okay. And so he's it, been in Earth 2 this whole time? No, he's been in Earth 1. We're okay. I'm just asking why he can't go back to Earth 2 since they have a way to pop back and forth Maybe he was fired. I don't know. I mean, like, he yeah. could have been... Does he, if he doesn't have a job in either place... Like and he's it, ghosting he's, a girlfriend, maybe? An entire <laughs> plane of existence, you're fired. <laughs> you know, he's got, he, like he he's really good, or maybe, but like the thing is about him is oh, I'm not working with you. I don't have my powers. And he's sulking, and I'm but like, he's on speed dial. And but he like do you, does he need a performance coach? Um, 
He's got some very complicated emotional stuff going on, but we don't know any of it. And he was kind of a jerk to Barry. Like, even when he helps out, he's still kind of jerky. And I feel like we need to plumb that relationship a bit more or or find out, like, why Jay's head is not in the game right now. I think it's kind of rough to bring, you know, the Flash onto the Flash and not Mm -hmm. have him be the Flash. Exactly. That's a tough tough thing for for the that, that we've done to poor Jay Garrick here. Yeah. Um, who I think is probably a, a solid dude in you know sort of the first uh, couple yeah. uh, appearances we see him, but yeah, his he was his, what, his axe grindy thing is kind of yeah. yeah getting old. He's he's devolved into kind of like a whiny man child, and maybe he's like I miss the speed force. I'm addicted. I'm having the shakes, but like, <laughs> I'm gonna take my medicine. <laughs> but like he had a really he had a really strong opening, and it's been eh, ever since, and um. Like this thing with Caitlin, I'm getting the impression that maybe he's maybe he's ghosting on her too. <laughs> but you know, kudos to him for um, putting aside his distaste or his fear or whatever whatever complicated relationship he's got going on with Harry, so he can you know vibrate his hand and get out the bullet and save his life and all that. But he's still a hero. He's yeah, still he, a hero. He's, he's just... a hero. I I just have more questions. You well, know? Yeah, I, I got a question about just scientician type things in the human body and how it's made up because uh-huh. as i understand because i've you know i've i've, I've had people close to me mm-hmm. that have been shot a bullet has a tendency to rip and tear and really hurt you and just by vibrating and pulling it out mm-hmm. usually that would cause a need to suture something yes yeah like, why is he not a pile of hamburger exactly. why don't i get a doctor of some sort I guess my uh, so my my working fan length theory is that he was vibrating so quickly that he actually phased through the molecules, and so all of the molecules coexisted for a second, like really tightly packed together, and then he phased out again, and the molecules like went back and spaced out. But how did he get the bullet? Because like, how does he get the bullet? Like, that's uh, he vibrates thing- so fast that he vibrates the bullet too, and so everything is kind but of just a big atomic cloud. And isn't everything he's touching? vibrating so I like his so. Yeah. Uh, yeah i'm just yeah there should know. be like, a, a big old like kind of chest cavity um yeah. uh, i mean there should be like slushy. a gaping wound where he was left behind i i agree i don't think you can show that on the cw um <laughs> well they definitely don't have the budget for it that's it i also think i think when they start vibrating through things like remember barry ran through a truck last season mm-hmm. and i actually was thinking about that when i was watching ant-man last summer um this summer where because he's like oh he shrinks down to subatomic spaces and bops around and i was like Wait, is that how the Flash does it? Is the Flash just kind of moves through subatomic space? And and so my theory is is that when they're vibrating and and hanging on the speed force and everything, you know, you're already immune to many of the other laws of physics. This is just one more. <laughs> I think so. Why wouldn't you, you just yeah. like you should vibrate all the time so that no one can ever hit you? Is well, kind that's of how I feel what they about did it. with that's what Yobard Thon did last year. With yeah, that's with, a good point because he did so that he, first with the speed mirages. Um, cause he right. vibrated his molecules so fast he could make mirages with them. And then he did kill Cisco that way when he vibrated his hand into Cisco's chest and right, squeezed right. his heart. So, which is kind of proof that you're making mm-hmm. a chest cavity smoothie. Yeah. Well, mm. I think what happened though, is like once he was there, he squeezed the heart. So he had to like vibrate part of him and, and not Wait. the rest. And cause then he'd have to vibrate back out again or else he'd just have his hand stuck in the chest. Right, cavity. His hand would be like crushed. Or, or like stuck in like your, like like when you stick your hand in play doh and it just stays there. <laughs> That'd be um, awkward. I just picturing him trying to like <laughs> shake it off his hand. Like, ugh, ugh, I no, got some like Cisco, Cisco on me. Like Cisco's attached <laughs> and like like some sort of macabre puppet. And I was like, what are you doing, Harry? Why are you st-? weekend at Cisco's? Doctor Harrison Wells, why are you, why are you making a Cisco puppet? He's like nothing. Just ignore uh, this and the fact that I'm standing. <laughs> I do want to give credit to Patty for uh, you know be, saying like. Don't move or I'll shoot you. And, and when you move, the- I shoot you. You know, that's Girlfriend too often times I feel like the, yeah. they don't follow through on that. They're like, don't yeah. move. I'll shoot you. You won't shoot me. And they walk up and take the gun away. And she's yeah. like, nope, I'm actually going to shoot you right now. Sorry. Yeah, and, and, and I didn't even I, notice that she, that, you know, Harry did have something that looked fairly future gunnish. Yes. Like, so yes. she was, well, she was, you know, she was justified. She was within her rights. Yeah. I think we'll all, as a three person board, I think mm-hmm. we'll, we'll pass her and reassign, you know, keep yeah. her in duty. I think so. And, and what I liked about it, because like you said, she doesn't mess around. She's like, move and I'll shoot. He moves and she shoots. And I also like that she's literally the one person on this show who does not listen to somebody try to bargain their way out of danger. Because <laughs> it's like such a cliche where, no, wait, you have to understand, blah, blah, blah. And they stand there and then like the henchman sneaks up behind them or like a comet strikes or whatever. And this time Patty's like, no, I'm not listening. You look like dead Dr. Harrison Wells. Ergo, 
I've heard you, I'm looking for you because you stole stuff. Yeah, yeah. So here I go. And um, so, oddly enough, this is actually the episode where I approve of everything Patty did. I I feel like she gets gets some short shrift here, but you know. She does. I don't like, I don't like her character. I I feel like they tried to make us like, yeah, like her. No, it grows organic. Well, I think the main, our biggest beef flash wise Mm -hmm is we're very jealous of Felicity. And we know pretty definitively that Patty is a, no, you know, Felicity. Felicity-ish. Yeah. Yes. In fact, that was said, I believe, in some of the interviews I read with the producers. Like, we want to give Barry his own Felicity. And it's like, yep. But we you can can't see that. treat her like an absolute juvenile and Joe saying, go in the corner. You did yeah, right, but go in agreed. the corner. And also, like, my feeling is that Felicity works because she's so, um, like, she's smart and she's unapo- she's so unapologetically herself. Yes. And she's, and she has a, and, and she, like, has a healthy sense of self-humor, too. You know, like, she knows that, that, you know. But, but to, to Moses' point, she has agency, right? She yeah, has to do exactly. things. Which, which many of the women on The Flash, unfortunately, don't do have. Not. And I feel like with Patty, they tried to start off with her being overeager and quirky and endearing. And I suspect I would have liked it better if she had actually come off as really calm and competent and giving no crap about anyone else's opinion. Because mm. screw you, she's good at what she does and she excels at what she does. And it is your problem, not hers, if you can't see that. Like, and see, why couldn't Kendra that do that? Yeah. And, like, yeah. be like, hey, Carter, back it up. Yeah. Like, I don't even know who you are, and you're telling me all these things, and you're, you know, just being, like, you know, the mm-hmm. Egyptian man-child. And it's like, eh, wait a minute. Yeah. No, Cor- Carter, well, and on the one hand, like, in the abstract, I feel sorry for Because, again, he comes in, Carter basically crashes into what is effectively, you know, the the, the superhero family reunion. Kendra is like the really nice girlfriend of the new cousin of the cousin that you like and, and all that. And then he's like, no, I, by the way, I'm her ex and I'm dating her again. And the girlfriend's like, this is so embarrassing. But um, <laughs> and creepy. Yeah. But this is the thing is like. He tried this and I don't know if it's the actor or the material and it'll be interesting to see how it shakes out on Legends of Tomorrow. Like he should have a sense of urgency, like, girl, we are being stalked by an immortal, crazy person. I really need you to get your head in the game and your wings out of your shoulder blades so that we can do this. And instead, like, again, it's Captain Mansplain where he's like, well, duh, it's obvious. You know, don't you hang out on the Reddit sub forum where we've discussed this? And um, and it's, it's, it's like he literally has no, he has no idea of how to approach her like a human being or, and I kept thinking, you've had 206 different relationships with this woman. And in theory, like something may have carried over from relationship to relationship to relationship. If you have this backlog of knowledge with what you two are supposed to deal, why don't you have a backlog of knowledge with how to talk to this person? Well, we, yeah, we also don't know how much he knows or how much he remembers, right? Because he said yeah. like at one point, and mm-hmm. this is probably jumping to the arrow thing again, but that he can't remember it. He couldn't remember the first death. Yeah. So maybe his memory's kind of spotty and he's doing like, maybe Carter Hall is still kind of a jerk. Maybe mm-hmm. Prince, uh, what was his name? Khufu? Khufu. <laughs> Prince Khufu. Prince Koufax. Yeah. Kof- Sandy Koufax. Maybe Sandy Koufax was yeah. a nicer guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I, yeah. So I, I agree. He was, he was kind of the, the stick of I wanted to ask you guys mm-hmm. what you think of vandal savage who makes his his appearance here starting uh when he gets mm. off a boat uh what, <laughs> yeah you know Dini trick that's hilarious yeah but you know this whole thing of i try you know and this again does kind of go over to the other show as well but it's like somehow vandal savage has been near anybody of importance at any time <laughs> and taught them what to do and how to do it he's like the forest gump of warfare you know? <laughs> But he's also 4,000 years old and hasn't although, managed to lose that accent. So although, yeah. I got some questions. We're va- although, so here's the thing it kind of reminds me of is, um, and I can't remember, Dan, were you on our podcast when we did The Stand with Stephen King? I was not. Okay, you were not. Because one of the things, have, have either of you guys read The Stand? I have not. Uh, but I've read Dark reader. Tower, so I know. So you know Randall Flagg, right? Yes, yes, I do. So one of the most indelible passages about Randall Flagg that Stephen King has in The Stand is he talks about all of the places Randall Flagg has been. And, like, 
hanging out with Jim Jones or inflaming radicals in the 60s or just casually dropping suggestions. And the point is, is that Randall Flagg was never like a star player. He was just somebody who knew how to push buttons for crazy mean people. And um, I kind of got that vibe with this where Vandal Savage was supposed to be the one who manipulates the forces of history. Yeah, they liken him to Machiavelli at one point. Except that if you're, and and, you know, they give him a heck of an intro because it's like he didn't speak for three weeks. I thought, well, it's Vandal Savage. He was probably just kind of napping his eyes open. He's thousands (laughs) of years old at this point. Um, That said, it's a hard role to cast because you have to have somebody who, like, conveys age-old weariness and um, a lack of a sense of surprise and a sort of, of, of... patient inevitability about everything he does right and this actor is trying but i'm not quite convinced he's quite there no he's he's not doesn't quite convey the gravitas i want i want to say the one thing that really distracted me about him Mm -hmm. is i kept picturing him with like without the beard like his facial structure Mm -hmm. is just a little bit close to paul blackthorne's yes and so i kept looking i was like God, that kind of looks like Lance just wearing a fake beard. <laughs> oh my gosh! I you just said that, and I see it. <laughs> well, it, it the other thing is, if you're out. thousands of years old, why are you choosing to dress like a magician from Las Vegas? <laughs> I mean, it's well, just hey, you, I, I do you, an, do you, Vandal Savage? Yeah, I do yeah. have an answer to this. Um, uh-huh. When I flipped over my Vandal Savage trading card, uh-huh. his charisma is like a two. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing is, is you would think that somebody again this who has lived this long would um, know enough about human nature to be able to manipulate it. I confess that my knowledge of Vandal Savage mainly comes from the DCAU. So yeah. Are you, Justice oh, League. Oh, the Justice League Young- Limited episode is phenomenal though, where he does that. I think he shows up in, uh, he shows up quite a bit in Young Justice. Too, oh, so. okay. Yeah. I haven't yeah wa- so I've, I've- I mainly know him from there. I don't really, I haven't really read any yeah. of the comics with him. See, I read the comic that actually centers around his daughter, Scandal Savage. <laughs> oh, that name up. Mistakes well, were made. Oh my god, no, because he's got like a couple of mortal, quasi-immortal children, and then there's like, he's like, well, there's no succession issues, because I don't ever plan on dying, but you know, we can still talk XYZ. But, you know, it's it's a hard role to cast, and I think it's it's made even harder when you already have um, John Barrowman playing Malcolm Merlin mm-hmm. and just, and from the word go, it was just this very compelling, very charismatic. Um, it is like if Errol Flynn took an even wronger turn. Um, <laughs> like I, I freaking love Malcolm Merlin. I think it's one of the most, I, I think it's just a lot of fun. And Damien Dark is phenomenal too. And again, Neil McDonough has, has like honed his chops on justified as like the season three big baddie there mm-hmm. and he was great on that like absolutely phil, and phil and i would like to do the happy robert quarles yeah oh god that was such a great character and you kind of needed somebody who brought that same sense of of gravitas cheer, cheer, no cheerful enjoyment like he has like you don't need to be as old as vandal savage if you don't really enjoy living on some level Right, and not only that, but like yeah. you don't. If you're Vandal Savage and you're immortal, mm-hmm. you like what what Neil McDonough con- conveys so well with mm-hmm. Damian Dark is just like a, I don't, I don't give a crap, right? Because he's like, you can't hurt me. I'm I'm magic. I can like suck yeah. your brains out. But like Vandal Savage, he knows he's immortal. That's mm-hmm. kind of what I feel like I expect from him is more of a like a. I'm not worried about any of this stuff because I've killed you guys 200 times. Yeah. Everything's going to be fine. Don't worry He's about like, it. And he, this is just like you mortals go to the doctor for well, for well fitness checkups. And I just have to kill two people to stay immortal. You know, like it's a chore. I got On a the question. spectrum, I put him below. I put him below Damien Dark and Malcolm Merlin, but above Rachel Ghoul. You know so. who would have been really good for the part? Um would have been and i realize ron perlman now is is (laughs) old is is a little long in the tooth for the role and you could never ever plausibly play him off as an egyptian high priest but like i think about the cheerful mayhem that so many of the sons of anarchy actors brought to it and i just love ron perlman too so he could totally do this he can do no wrong as far as you could have gotten someone like kim coates who does who does who does who does you know scumballs with a sense of humor brilliantly and like is no stranger to the guy liner and would have told so, you know, obviously, obviously he'd have been fine in ancient Egypt, but like someone like Kim Coates is plausibly both menacing and infested with joie de vivre. So yeah, that's the like, thing. He wasn't menacing. That's the, no. that was the thing. 
Yeah, I, w- I want a little more, yeah, the gravitas, again, like the menace yeah. and the threat, you I feel like. You want cheerful menace. You want somebody who is like, I would enjoy watching you die because I still get a kick out of that after all these years. And, like, at one point there was a line where Vandal Savages I used to draw up people's deaths, but now it just bores me. And, like, in the in the mouth and the hands of the right actor, like, or even if Malcolm Marlin said it, you'd be like, oh, my God. But here you're like, oh, quit camping it up there, magician. <laughs> Speaking of which, Malcolm uh-huh. Merlin. Now, oh, he's so great. I love his character so much. Right. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm totally, and I understand mm-hmm. his thread line through both episodes now, mm-hmm. but no one called upon him, correct? He just did he the just lights off. He showed up. Okay. Yes, he did. He just shows up. Hello, I know everything you need about this villain. And, like, this is my favorite thing about him on Arrow, is he's never, like, just kind of quietly wandered into a room that's always been, ta-da! I kind of pictured the lights going off, and then they come up, and then he's, like, leaning on his elbows with, yeah. like, his chin on his hands. Like, hi, guys. Yeah, totally. Miss me? Yeah. On a bear uh, Well, we haven't run. had a lot of Merlin involvement this season, know. so, you know, we were kind of due for him to show up. And it yeah. makes sense that he is kind of tapped into the whole mystical, immortals, yeah. all of that. Like, that's a good way to utilize the whole League of Assassins thing. Although we get some conflicting information about mm-hmm. how much he actually knows about Vandal Savage. Because, like, at one point he says, I don't know anything, and that scares me, because, like, no, you know, League of like, Assassin's No, the thing you around. have to remember, though, is that Malcolm Merlin never... He lies. Yeah. Like, he lies like other people breathe, and he always <laughs> trades information. Like, he brokers his information. Right. He like, doesn't give anything away for free. No, he is the master of misleading people with the truth, because he'll, like, say there are four things about a situation that are true... Merlin will tell you two of them, let you run off in the wrong direction, squander your resources, and then come at you with the other two and go, oh, this is the situation you completely misread it. Like, that's what... Sorry, did I leave that out? Oh, did I leave that? Yeah. And that's what makes him so great is you... is, is... You know that he's not telling you the whole story, but at the same time, you can't discount the information he gives you. Like, and that's what makes him such a great liar is because he puts in just enough of the truth to to keep people off balance. Mm-hmm. Um. So loved that, love him. And again, I like Damien Dark because Dark just really enjoys being Damien Dark. Like, mm-hmm. you know, the same way Robert Crawls really like being Robert Quarles over on Justified Dark, likes being dark. And um that has been something that we don't actually have on Arrow, is because last season our big bad Yobard Thon um was, you know, conflicted because oh my gosh, he really liked these guys he needed to kill. And he hated being here, but he loved burgers. And um yeah. This season, like we Zoom is still such an unknown that he's mostly terrifying. Um, and there's no joy in being Zoom, it's all the whole time. So, you but know. it's scary, so I'll yeah. give you that. See, yeah, and I would have loved scary. to have Dark or one of these guys, like Zoom, mm-hmm. like kind of get in the mix and like help us, even though they don't want to. It's like, well, this is our city too, yeah. and we'll kill you, we'll kill you with no problem, and we'll, we'll- help out these guys. Well, the, the the other thing that is is actually Team Arrow, Team Team Arrow should be crapping their pants over the possibility of Malcolm Merlin getting access to other worlds. Yeah, because he is just the type of person who would do something about that. As is as is um, Dark, like the introduction of magic in the Arrowverse, and now by extension the Flashverse, um, plus the introduction of parallel worlds, like. This this whole Berlanti verse he's got so that got super complicated super fast because it's not merely people with meta powers zipping around right. now. You've got inter you've got inter, you've got parallel reality travelers and you've got magic. They've they've each added their own new spheres there, and then we yeah. get the for the first time actually kind of mm-hmm. interestingly that on the I think it's on this episode where they're they're having their dinner party over yeah. at Ollie's house, and <laughs> for the first time someone Felicity yeah. wonders what Oliver's Earth Two equivalent looks like, who of course we learned in a previous episode. Yeah. Is, Presume, presume dead. Everyone's like, so, being dead? <laughs> uh, and I, I still really, you know, I've been yeah. sticking up for this on the Aerocast, but I'm going to say it here, too. I want Oliver Queen's Earth 2 doppelganger to show up with the goatee and the Robin Hood hat. Yeah. When he's, when he's Green Arrow, I would just be delighted. Oh, yeah. And then he'd have to, like, you'd have to figure out how he stayed alive when, you know, Robert Queen is, in fact, the vigilante in Earth 2. And Oh, come on. It's a comic book. Well, we can, we can retcon way, like, that. No problem. Because they have the whole Batman thing where it's Thomas Wayne who becomes the Batman because yes. Bruce gets gunned down with Martha Wayne and, and there's feelings involved. And so, you know, it would actually be, I think it would actually blow Ollie's mind more if he ran into, like, the Earth 2 version of his dad. And his dad is, like, this this really wounded, angry vigilante. And we can finally bring Jamie Sheridan back, though. So. Yeah, and, and they'd be like, 
oh my god, I did this because you died. And, you know, then it turns into a whole thing. Um, Because that's one of the things that I just keep wondering about is why nobody's told us what Earth 2 Barry Allen is doing. Yeah, or any of them. We well, don't have Earth 2 any versions. I know. I, I wonder if Wells has been, if, if Harry Wells is sitting on that because he's like, look, you guys ruthlessly judged me and you were really mean to me. And this whole time, you, Caitlin, have been Killer Frost and you, Barry, are actually Zoom or whatever he is. And you, Cisco, are, you know, blowing up cities with the power of your flashbacks. And yeah, I was not that. a jerk to you. So I hope you all feel bad now. Oh, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Lay it down, Harry Wells. You know, but uh, no, I, I think at some point he's going to make a reveal that on Earth 2, you're actually a bad guy. Or on Earth 2, you have superpowers or something like that. And it will be like an object lesson for everybody. But it blows my mind that people who are relentlessly curious about the world around them, i.e. the the, the, the Flash Scientists. team, <laughs> like none of them have been like, so what am I doing? What am I doing? What am I doing? What am I doing? Because, you know, why wouldn't you want to know? Absolutely. When you got a second, yeah. why haven't any of them decided like, hey. Why don't we just like take a field trip over to Earth too? I assume it's going to happen at some point. Maybe we're still yeah. early in the season, but yeah. Well, that we're now we're getting close to a little season break and a little mm-hmm. teaser time. So, like, don't discount that at all. And in fact, I would say that's a pretty good lead up. Like, what is mm-hmm. Ollie like? Well, mm-hmm. we're going to go find out. There's time. Yeah, yeah. There's that. Um. Let's see, what other questions well, do we have? Well, I think the big one is about? the end. Mm-hmm. We got um, Ollie with secrets once again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, nerdishly, I, I, because I watched the Sci-Fi Channel and I actually liked the series Defiance, I was one of the five people in America who watched it. Um, I watched it, and then I gave up. It's Berlin! The woman who plays all of, the mother of Oliver's child is Berlin! Haven't haven't seen it unfortunately. Yes, I was Can't very excited about her because she was she was a nice tart presence on that show and and well, she's interesting here too. I um we got so a lot of people have been speculating that the uh that Ollie's son is Connor Hawk who is the uh, basically another version of the Green Arrow mm-hmm. in the DC universe, but he's named William, so that seems like maybe not. I read an interview um, where they said that we wanted to reserve the right to bring Connor Hawk in, so just having the ki- having William also leaves a thread open for that. Yeah, he's also too young in some ways to Way like too be young. grooming. So the other thing yeah. was uh, someone on Twitter insisted to us that, or, or sort of staked his claim on guessing that um, that uh, Ollie's son is Rip Hunter, <laughs> um, which seems maybe like the, the the timing on that doesn't work either, but. Well, we I suppose still yet to Rip meet is a Rip plausible nick- nickname for someone named William. Sure, why not? Yeah, I don't know. Um, <laughs> um, Maybe he's just a poor kid who just likes Flash and yeah. Captain Cold action figures. Yeah, you know? and, and so I have questions about the Flash and the Captain Cold action figures because... Um, no, you can't have them. They don't have them for sale. No, that's not the question. The question is, is um, I, I thought about this and I was like, Shouldn't they, in theory, be licensing the likenesses from the actual <laughs> Flash and Captain? Like, I can't well, imagine Captain that, Cold. I, I mean... can't imagine that Captain Cold, who was established to be Leonard Snart, and everybody knows this, right? I yeah. cannot believe that Leonard Snart has not been locked in the prison library with a stack of law books, getting ready to sue everybody who's profiting from the likeness of his image. I kind of just want to see a like, scene with totally him. This totally seems like something Leonard Snart would do. Is he'd be like, "Why should you be getting rich off of my hard work establishing Captain Cold?" He is. He's diversified. He he he's got a yeah. shell company that's that's taken in the cash for himself. I'm pretty. sure I could kind of also maybe picture Leonard him Snart's just shell company is the one making the action figures. Hmm. <laughs> I kind of just pictured him him sort of like picking one up at like and then mm-hmm. going like, huh, and then just putting it down again. Yeah. Or perhaps like sending it to a sister for Christmas. <laughs> Not handsome enough. Oh, that'd be great. They didn't get the angle of the gun right, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it it amuses me that the Flash has been so heavily commodified. I was like, okay, Barry is still like a struggling single forensic technician dude, and 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 he can't. And I thought, well, on the other hand, though, if he were to start claiming, you know, again royalties for for licensing his likeness. Then that also makes him vulnerable to lawsuits for damages. So maybe this is maybe this okay, is like yeah. this is like that can of worms there. Exactly. You know. And I was the the long story short is if anybody who's listening is a lawyer, please contact me because I have so many questions and I would love to interview you for the podcast because I want to talk about liability issues and I want to talk about licensing. 
There we go. The two on the most riveting podcast ever. <laughs> I, I actually think it's fascinating. But um, Lisa will be editing that show. I do need to learn how to edit podcasts because right now Phil doesn't use a great job, but we need to be able to pitch in. So many so, hands. Yeah. No, this was this was a great. Um, like I said, I got the feeling that these two episodes, you put them together, and they actually make a really zippy superhero movie. Oh yeah, and um, eat your heart out, Batman versus Superman, or eat right. your heart out, Marvel verse. To be honest with you, because like you had to team up with how many people who could fight? Let's see, because on Arrow alone, you had Canary, you have um, Diggle with his cool Judge Dread like helmet, you have Speedy, you have Arrow. That's four, and on Team Flash, you've got of course Flash. So that's five primary su- primary superpowered people there, plus the two Hawk people who are ugh, whatever. But that's like seven super superpowered people who fight Vandal Savage. It's a nice tight fight. Everybody got character development. Everybody well, got lines. Now wait a minute. Mm-hmm. I'm going to call shenanigans because nope. Team Diggle, which is uh-huh. the sub team, basically uh-huh. all they got to do was drive up in a van, scream a little bit, and add a little background chin note chin notes. They they didn't they weren't that integral to the whole to the whole thing. Well, the same way you can argue that technically speaking, like Hawkeye is not in- integral to the Avengers, like you know, or Thor even because all Thor does uh, is fly around and occasionally hit things. It was his house. I think my but like my point is that we basically got into in the equivalent of two TV episodes. Everybody got good lines. Everybody got good scenes. Everybody got some interaction with other people. It was a nice tight action-packed movie that basically. i agree that I, I like that they i like mm-hmm. that they got to they even got to uh make a little riff there in the arrow episode about mm-hmm. the avengers yeah with a bunch of superheroes in a farmhouse i feel like i've seen that in a movie somewhere oh that's awesome <laughs> age of ultron jokes everybody yeah uh i did also i thought you know if there's one thing that was missing from this episode and i realize you can't fit everything in there there's uh, always going to be someone who gets short shrift mm-hmm. but man would i have loved uh, a little ray palmer action yeah uh, if you flew in in the super suit at the end just like hey guys just thought i'd help out or no or like ray pops out of somebody's shoulder all, hey is it my turn yet you know <laughs> yeah yeah that could have been a great ace in the hole right there no one calls ray palmer yeah, ray has that's... not done any shrinking has he yes he uh, has yeah he has because well, he's a dark had him as a paperweight right and i'm saying shrinking like ant-man style like in helping people Mm, yeah probably not intentionally at this point he hasn't done it yet on on screen mm-hmm. he's no. only shrunk accidentally and then we brought him back to full size gotcha mm-hmm. okay so but there's still there's still time and of course yeah. he will show up uh you know at also some point. wasn't ray having performance anxiety as it were like he was kind <laughs> of all skeeved out by by all the mistakes he had made and so on and so forth um, he was, I think he yeah. didn't want to go back to being the CEO, yeah. but he was still willing to like put on the power armor and help out. Um, mm-hmm. cause he appeared briefly in the, uh, two weeks ago episode. Yeah. That's um, very, very so, and, he, and he got in and he did much better than yeah. his previous outings. So I, and I love Brandon Roth and yeah. I really just want, I really just want more of him. So I'm, I'm super excited to see him on Legends of Tomorrow. I know. I know we're, we're, and I know, um, and I'm sure this has come up on other podcasts too, but we are trying to assemble the team that will do the flash cast for Legends of Tomorrow. Cause, um, that, that will be covered. Oh yes. That will be yes, covered. Yes. Well, yes. I want in uh, at least some of that. Yeah. Yeah. Can <laughs> yeah. I just ask the question about Brandon? Did, did you like? Yeah, did you like okay. him better as Superman? Because I'm just going to go out on the limb and say I liked him better. I think he does certain things, but I think so. Here's the problem: I think Henry Cavill really looks great as Superman, and I think he's even not bad as an actor. I think the biggest problem with those movies is not Henry Cavill; it's that they don't give him anything to do, and the tone is so grim and dark. There's like one scene at the end of Man of Steel where he talks to uh, Harry Lennox, and he's like. I tell you, I'm just like an American kid or whatever. And it's like, he cracks a smile. I'm like, you know, that guy could be really good if we put him in a better movie. Um, Brandon Routh, I really like. I don't know if he's, you know, a better Superman or not. I haven't seen that movie in like a decade. But, you know, yeah. I think the problems with both of those guys are probably less about them and more about the movies they were in. I think Brandon Routh made a better Clark Kent. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, For sure. And uh, Henry Cavill makes a great Superman. And yeah, Henry Kelly, he's a little too handsome still as Clark Kent, but, whereas I think yeah. Brandon Routh convincingly really, is sort of like, yeah. can do the schlubby, slightly schlubby. Dorky, yeah. Because yeah, that was like exactly. my favorite thing about the the Christopher Reeve portrayal was you had a man who was physically posing and charming and oh, and like he actually did a really great job of, of 
of hiding behind this very shy facade. And that was, and I was curious to see how the other Supermans would handle it. And I was like, oh, Henry Cavill, no. Like, you could put, because at one point in that movie, they have him working, like, on, on, on you know, and, and like, one of those deadliest catch-type boats. And I'm like, he looks like a, an Old Spice commercial. There is literally no <laughs> way the, he's the not. It's the Superman wandering in the desert. It's yeah. his Jesus years. Well, yeah. Oh, that, that's a whole set of imagery. All right. You know, I third railed about. us. I'm sorry. I just had to ask. No, it's okay. Because <laughs> I, I have feelings about this, too. And I think the problem with Superman movies is you kind of don't – they haven't given it – a, they haven't given it a, a good treatment because they keep trying to make it ironic and contemporary. And the whole point to Superman is that, you know, he's immune to, to trend, you know, he's, he's, he's an alien who wants desperately to be human and who makes a conscious active choice every minute of every day of his life to try and serve a culture and a species that is never, ever going to accept him because they are terrified of him. Ooh, you know? wow. That's a pretty good treatment right there. Yeah. And they they never do that. So it's oh ha ha! This reporter is actually a dude who can fly. Or or ha ha! Lois Lane is an ace reporter, but she apparently cannot understand how someone looks when they take off their glasses. <laughs> you know, and, it's hard. Let me tell you, yeah. it's hard. Sometimes I don't recognize people. When yeah, they take their and I thought that the Henry Cavill they kind like the problem is is with the treatment is they kind of got close to the well. It is an alien culture type thing, which I find tremendously fascinating. And there's an assimilation story to be told there, but then they did like the hard Virgo or a militaristic culture, and I'm Michael Shannon, so I'm going to scare the pants off of you every time I'm on the screen. And da, 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 da. instead of it simply being about Superman having the courage to get up every freaking day of his life and be made fun of at work, and to try to make sure he could read everybody's social cues correctly and not crush the doorknob every time he opened a door, and try to fit in rescuing people and have to deal with the fact that he can't save everybody every single minute of the day, you know? Okay, let me, let me now. Let me switch gears back over mm-hmm. to the Arrow. Yeah, because that's we, that we watch the Arrow and Flash, so that right. we should talk about that. All right. <laughs> so, oh yeah, those. Those. So Dan, yeah. in the flashbacks of Arrow, we have when, especially the Constantine episode. What was the name of the thing that they got that sphere that orb and it broke off into two pieces? Constantine calls the part that he gets a grimoire. It's also a chorus, um, though, he mentions. Yeah, I think he does say something about that. And I would, mm-hmm. I cannot remember exactly what they call it, but Baron Ryder takes the other half. Well, um, remember that Constantine's like, Baron Ryder's only interested in the flashy stuff. The real power is right. in, in the... the, the it's, it's a grimoire, yeah. It's a spell book. Yeah, but, the, spell, the real power is in the spell book, and that was in the staff itself, not in the shiny bobble on top of it. And it was also tied into Horus as well, so... That's what I thought, and that's yeah. what I wanted to ask, because I was like, I was like, uh, because I think we've been talking about the staff of Horus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, I wasn't, it, it's clearly not the same thing, though. You, you don't like, think it is? I'm just remembering what it looked like. I didn't think so, but maybe I'm incorrect. Yeah. Maybe I'm maybe I'm misremembering what it looked like after they yanked the thing off it. But it seemed to me it was smaller. It looked like a very because, fancy magic wand. And yeah, um, exactly. What I'm wondering is if it got incorporated into that big relic that they found in the museum. Certainly possible. So, or is it going to be something that is? Because I would love an excuse to bring back. Um, oh, what the heck is his name? John Constantine. Oh well, we always want it. Yeah, know, yeah. An option to bring back. You know, because it's the orb, orb of Horus, someone yes, says. Yes, the orb I'm of I'm just Horus. Googling around. Uh-huh. Um, and there is an image of it. It does not look quite like, it does have birds on it, but yeah. it doesn't look quite like the one on the episode. Yeah. So, also, but I mean, there's I a conne- there seems to be a connection. I, I bet you that becomes something in Legends of Tomorrow. Please. Possibly. And we yeah. still don't, I mean, in Arrow, of course, we're still, you know, working our way through those flashbacks of what exactly they're looking for on the island. So yeah. there might be more to it there, too. I, I also think they're going to go back to the 1970s to visit that professor because they had the Captain Betamax who talks about, I have this theory and comets and blah, blah, blah. And I thought, wait a minute, all of the previous religions of tomorrow, they head back to the 1970s. So maybe this is their stop is that this I, this guy had an idea of how to have him stop Vandal Savage. And so they need to to... Or else Vandal Savage is hopping back through time to kill the people who might have laid down clues. Oh, he's alter- good pull. Good pull. So, so I, think mm. they're, I think that's where mm. they're going with that. And maybe along the way we can solve the mystery of how Felicity played a Betamax tape with just her laptop. I know, right? Because <laughs> she's like, it'll take me a while to do this. And I thought, oh, yeah, like, she's going to yeah, have go, to find yep, a way to convert yeah, that to exactly. a digital file. And then she's going to have to play it instead. Nope, plugged it into my laptop. I know. I'm like, where? How? How did, did you Did you not know that if you flip up the shutter on a Betamax tape, it has a USB plug on it? Yeah, well, I just micro, don't micro know USB, that. Micro USB. Yeah, ahead of its time. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, so but it was it was a fun episode. I want more crossovers because they're just so much fun. Well, they it was are, be- but I'm glad that they doled the them out one. occasionally. Yeah. And also, it's nice to see. Uh, it's it's nice to see it's nice to see fully actualized one with agency on on the flash because that happens so rarely. <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping that they yeah. work more towards that for the rest of the season. Yeah. And uh, meanwhile, I'm also hoping that Ollie doesn't keep his secrets too long and destroy all the happiness he's acquired I over know, on Arrow. But I, it's such a it's cute... frustrating because you got to balance that need for conflict and drama with also arbitrary and stupid decisions. You like, have... no, you can't tell anyone about your child, not even your girlfriend, who you're madly in love with. Yeah, no, and and she she dictates his. Oh, there's there's also um, and I'm referencing something that happened in Arrow, but she whips out like this personal check that Moira wrote all for like $1 million. I'm like, no, there's no way it would have been like just out of the checkbook. Like Moira would run that through a double blind corporation or something so that she had plausible deniability later. Or Moira would have followed me like, you need to cash that check because without that money, I don't have any sway on you. And like Moira Queen didn't leave loose ends. That was not her thing. So I don't buy that. I keep this check to remind me and I never cashed it because I'm like, Girl, you're a single mother, and you live in a really nice house. You are getting money from someplace. Yeah, yeah, yep, 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 yep. So I, I don't know, like that that whole. You knew the plot. You, you know, you don't give someone a secret pregnancy, a secret something a lying mother, in, in act <laughs> in, in season two without it coming back to bite you. But I'm I'm, I'm middling on that. Um, although it's a plausible excuse for them to come back. Um, there I was some talk about the grave. And I don't yeah. remember this. And oh I, no, that's like the, that's like the, the end of um, the first episode of the season of Arrow. It's like a flash yes. forward six months, and Barry's like, "I'm sorry, I couldn't make it to the funeral." And my first thought was, "Oh God, Felicity!" But now, and this sounds terrible. They can't, they I, can't kill Felicity. No, it's I'm just, now hoping that the they, I'm now hoping they kill William's mom. <laughs> now you just said you're hoping <laughs> they kill her. Yes. That's so much different than it wow. could be. Well, I'm not. Yeah, like, I, and for here that. I thought it was going to be uh, Thea because of Malcolm saying, "If you get my daughter See, killed, I will come that's back." That's what and get I like. You. I don't think it's going to be Thea. Um, I, 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 I am not yet ready to rule anybody out. We had like for a while there, we were thinking it was Lance, yeah. uh, and you know, we were trying to figure out sort of who the likely candidates are. But I keep going back and forth. Or it's so mom, I don't know. which is another one. Oh, because Captain yeah. Lance is savage. Well, well, Captain, because Cap- Captain Lance... <laughs> secretly, and- secretly, Moe's, don't give it away. No, what's happened, because you remember that was that scene in Arrow where Captain Lance and Felicity's mom meet in the bar because Felicity's mom is like, yep. oh, and they really hit it off, like, and, and as you should, because Felicity's mom is a great looking woman, and, um, and I bet you she likes that he's a non-drinker because she deals with enough professional drunks, and so I, I like the idea that there's a reveal that they've been secretly dating this whole time, and there's a... Oh my god! I can't believe I can't believe all our queens. I'm all it's going to be my 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 son in law or, or whatever's going on there. And um, then like Mama Smoke gets killed in a tragic accident. Felicity goes off the deep end. Oliver's all broody and sad about it because he's been texting with Mama Smoke like they're BFF at this point. And Barry wants to come to the funeral because he's a heck of a guy and he likes Felicity too. Like that's plausible as well. It's got to have more weight than that. It's got to have more weight. It's mm. it's Thea. No. Fact. Yeah, I, fact. I, I, <laughs> I don't know. When Moe says something's fact, I've learned better than to argue with. If I were Willa Holland, I'd be really angry about having spent the last two years of my life learning martial arts, only to be killed off the show where I learned before. Yeah, no, I agree with that. So. Uh, I, it's, it's tough to think because I feel like so many of the characters, you know, mm-hmm. if you're going to make it a death that's really a meaningful, lasting death, it's hard to pick any of those characters. Yeah. <laughs> maybe Laurel, um, who could get killed off. And yeah, I, I know. That make me happy. They've never really known what to do with Laurel. Like for a while, they almost had it going no. on, and and they went off the rails with her again this season, and she's only not coming back. It's but it's, you can't have two canaries. That's the whole problem. That's why you've Laurel got a white is good canary too. now. Yeah. Oh, stop that! That's Green <laughs> Arrow. Oh, totally different guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like wearing glasses. It's Clark Kent. Yeah. There you go. DC makes it happen. <laughs> Okay, we've we've wandered. You know, guys, we're over an hour on this, and we've wandered far, far afield. So I think it's time for us to wrap up this. You know, it's a crossover episode. We cover everything, including, um, you know, Superman. So, <laughs> <laughs> so Dan, it was so much fun having you here with us, and I hope we can do this again. Um, please consider coming by for just regular episodes of 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 uh, the the Flash Flash Cast. We would love to have you. As you have an I would open be invitation. Delighted. Well, thank you guys so not. much. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, that's fair. And I, I hope <laughs> at some point we can get some of you guys over on the Aerocast as well. We'd love to have you there. Yay! 
Yes, yes. Come on, talk about all these talk about all these delightful things without having to shoehorn it into a flash episode. Yes, as we do so often. So I am Lisa Schmeiser. I was here with Dan Morin and Phil Moselak tonight. Thank you all. And in the words of Tony Sindelar, who you'll hear next time. Good night, nerds. Mm-hmm.